listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Hey, we're back. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. A, a few weeks of uh, time off on the podcast. and Happy to be back here. Uh, looking forward to the year 2020. A flurry of activity at the trade deadline. We'll, uh, we'll chat more about that. Our feature guest is going to be DJ Jerome. Scott Dutart from the Swift Current Broncos coaching staff will be joining us. This segment of the Broncos This Week podcast is brought to you by 24-7 Self Storage. Yeah, all these assets that uh, Dean Brockman acquired of the deadline might need to use 24-7 self-storage to hold all these. But uh, next week, we're going to get Dino on to, to kind of recap, do an in-depth uh, recap of all the moves that were made. Uh, he's off scouting at uh, Bantam Tournament in uh, Edmonton this weekend. So we'll catch him next week. But, uh, yeah, had a nice chat with DJ Jerome for this week and uh, waiting for Scott Dutart to pop on down for his uh, coach's segment as well. So getting back in the swing of things in the stretch drive here, second half of the season, and uh, we're rolling along. Yeah, for sure. I, I know one thing, talking about that trade deadline, is uh, the Broncos, and they had to pay a high price to get it, but uh, getting a first-round pick in this year's uh, WHL Bantam draft. And uh, from what we're hearing, that's huge. Yeah, I really, I mean, obviously Dean will touch more on this next week, but I really don't think you can overstate how important it was to get a first-rounder for this year. I've heard nothing but how deep this 2005 age group is uh, for the WHL, and a lot of those kids as well are from Saskatchewan. So helps out a little bit, uh, maybe recruiting-wise, but uh, huge for the Broncos to get a first-round pick this year. But, of course, as mentioned, came at that high price with Renier and Pudio going down to Everett, uh, wishing them the best of luck. Casper's uh, also playing in the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game today as this is being recorded on Thursday. So best of luck to those two guys down the stretch and uh, the Broncos' future got uh, oh so brighter with that first-round pick. Yeah, real tough to say goodbye to uh, to both players. I mean, Casper Pudio had uh, had a great time while he was here, certainly involved in the community and everything. But uh, but Ethan Renier, a few seasons with the uh, Home Hardware Legionnaires, playing his AAA midget here and uh, and then a few years with the big club as well. So so tough to say goodbye to them, but, uh, but very much looking forward to... Uh, the WHL Bantam Draft this year, watching it with that much more intrigue. Home and home coming up this weekend against the uh, Saskatoon Blades. Your first trip and the Broncos' first trip to the uh, Sasktel Center, which is going to go down tomorrow night. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. I was there earlier this year for the WHL versus Team Russia game, but uh, I guess first time working at the Sastel Center. Nice rink. Um, see what kind of crowd they get there in Saskatoon. Obviously, they made uh, some some pretty big moves at the deadline as well, and they've got some uh, playoff aspirations there. So uh, the Saskatchewan rivalry between these two teams, kind of wonder what it'll be like now that they're not uh, division rivals and they'll only see each other four times a year. I guess we'll probably find out uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah, and ver- those home-and-homes are always so intriguing, and it's so tough to win both games of that home and home as well. Uh, tomorrow night, you'll have Living Sky Casino, Swift Current Broncos Hockey, pregame show at around 6.30, play-by-play at around 7 o'clock, and then back home Saturday night to take on the same Saskatoon Blades. Yeah, it's uh, Broncos on a stretch of uh, four or five games here on home ice that began on Wednesday with that uh, shootout loss to Calgary, but even bigger picture, 13 of 20 games on home ice. There was wow. so much travel over the first half of the season with the BC road trip and an extended uh, Edmonton Red Deer road trip, and I think uh, there's only three more nights for the rest of the season that the Broncos will have to stay in hotels. So not as much travel over the second half of the season, which uh, will hopefully yield some uh, some wins over the back half as well. 
Coming up in just a moment on Broncos This Week, we'll have a chat with assistant coach Scott Dutart. He'll break down the last week of activity on the ice for the uh, Swift Current Broncos. And then, as mentioned, our feature guest, one of the newest faces in the uh, Bronco organization, 20-year-old DJ Jerome, who scored his first goal as a Bronco last night in that three uh, in that 4-3 shootout loss to the Calgary Hitman. So DJ Jerome coming up, and in the much more immediate future, assistant coach Scott Dutart. This is Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. We got the coaches segment of the show right now, Bronco assistant coach Scott Dutart uh, joining us in the content creation lab here at the uh, Innovation Credit Union IPlex. Scott, a, uh, a solid effort through 40 last night seems to be the assessment from uh, from a lot of people around Bronco Nation. You know, how do you uh, how do you break down that 4-3 shootout loss to Calgary? I thought we came out with a lot of jump. Our, our special teams did a great job on, in terms of seven kills, I think we had in total. And then we managed to capitalize on a couple uh, power play opportunities too. It, just, a, just a couple small breakdowns. And, and unfortunately for us, with our, with our depth that we have, we have kids that work extremely hard, but those little breakdowns end up in the back of our net. And for our, for our, uh, our team, we just need to make sure we do the right thing all the time. You mentioned uh, capitalizing on some power plays, two five-on-three opportunities, two five-on-three goals, both by the same player in Jackson Koleski. Those are moments in a game that can really be a turning point if you get a goal or if you don't get one because the momentum can go the other way. And I know the end result was uh, a shootout loss, but to get two five-on-three goals, I thought your team did a good job of really bearing down on those chances. Yeah, I think they showed a lot of poise. We we worked on uh, worked on some different stuff on the and made an adjustment after our first one. We got a lucky bounce on the on the first school there and we'll take that but on the second one we made a couple adjustments to it and, and looked on a couple backdoor plays and it ended up working for us. Five new faces in the lineup in the uh, in the uh, last week or so you know what's what are the challenges that you guys as coaching staff have to deal with when when you're bringing in you know a large group of new faces? I think for us it's just getting to know who the kids are and get the numbers down for our for our kids in our room it's just trying to to get associated with each other and trying you're trying to find chemistry with all these kids and Again, it's it's a little bit of a laboratory. You're mixing and matching and, and see who can work where. And and for for our room, we have we have some good guys that that created a we have a decent culture in there right now. And I think they can help them acclimatize. But again, it, there's still a learning curve there for our kids coming into our program. Talked about the special teams and the power plays yesterday. The penalty kill, on the other hand, uh, was out was outstanding. Seven for seven, as you mentioned, but kind of a double edged sword because yes, you go seven for seven. But you also gave a very dangerous team seven opportunities, including an extended five on three. Well, and we talked about that. Like you can't you can't take penalties, and and there were there were some of those ones we definitely we definitely earned just from some from undisciplined play. And for, unfortunately for us, our, our guys that are on the kill are also on the power play, so they got a lot of extra ice time. We were extended, and I think that was probably one of the determining factors too. In the end of the game, we we just simply ran out of gas a little bit too, and we were on fumes by the end. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's it's a busy stretch in the schedule. You know, you had that game against Calgary. Uh, what do you guys do today to prepare for uh, what's going to be a busy weekend with a home and home against a very good Saskatoon team? Yeah, with Saskatoon, we we've done some pre scouting on them. Like again, they they play fast. They they have a few uh, different things they do in the offensive zone that are creative, and that's always fun as a coach to try and find that stuff and 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 work on it. For our kids, though, the message is just to keep it simple. Again, like you said before, 
work. They, we have a new room now. We have we have 25% new team. We have to we have to keep the game simple and, and just stick to the game plan. And for us, if we can just get work on tightening up things in the neutral zone and, and try and get pucks more pucks going north without turnovers, I think we'll be okay. Not sure what you'll do with your goaltending uh, this weekend, whether splitting it or handing the reins to one guy for both games. But uh, your last two games, your goaltenders have been outstanding. 42 saves for Delora in Calgary in that 3-1 loss and then 50 saves for Poulter on Wednesday. Uh, I know Poulter had a bit of a, a tough one on Saturday against Lethbridge, but knowing that you've got two guys who can put up performances like that has got to be pretty uh, big confidence builder as well. Oh, for sure. Like With uh, Isaiah coming in, he's a, he's a great kid. He's a great new addition here. And, and him and Poulter, the relationship with them already, it's... It's a little crazy. You think they've known each other forever, but uh, they have a they have a good relationship and a, and a competitive relationship, though in, in practice too. And again, Poltz has been our anchor all all season. He's been absolutely terrific for us. So it's nice to uh, it's it's nice to have have that secondary that secondary competition and also be able to give a guy a night off here too so they can battle back and forth to get in get into the lineup and at the same time Poltz gets a little bit of a breather here too because he's seen a lot of rubber this year you know with with the rest of the team you talked about it 25 percent of the team is new Cole Nagy was acquired not too long ago when it comes to finding chemistry with players uh, do you have like guys in mind to play with one another are you mixing and matching or you keep like how does that how does that process work i imagine that's a challenge finding that chemistry with with new guys and some of the familiar faces well for us too like that's where we lean on our scouting staff a little bit and for us we we have the opportunity to get video on on everybody in the league so you kind of get an idea from from scouting reports and then and then see how they play and we watch the last few games there see what their footage is and see if there were certain things that maybe they didn't get opportunities and the teams are at because they were deep and and maybe we can put them in certain situations like a kid like Nagy for example he was he was more on the on the bottom end of things for PA but um, I, I've known the kid for a long time. He's from Saskatoon, and and with Dean's seen him a lot too. Like we know a kid like that can generate uh, some offense for us. So we knew we could put him in a certain situation there, and, and he's had some success for us. And he, he makes a big difference there with that big body. And I think that's the exciting part for these guys. I mean, sometimes it's tough to get traded, you know, especially to a team that's kind of in this uh, the state the Broncos are in. But at the same time, for them personally, you get a chance to play so much more and really showcase what kind of player you can be. I, I yeah, for sure. Like I, th- I think for our guys that we have now, they're when you're coming in, all of a sudden it's like I have all this ice time. I like I'm getting opportunities here where I, where I didn't see it, and and for for some of the guys there that that wanted a, a change in scenery, I, I think it probably in the end when they look back on it, it's like, well, I'm not getting the opportunities here. Now at the same time, it. it you're you're maybe higher in the standings and and you might get an opportunity at playoffs and everything but you you don't get the same the same kind of situations that you would get here you know the uh, the first half of the schedule was a very road heavy one for your team and you get to finish off with uh, the back half of the season with plenty of of games at home you know what's that like as a coaching staff you know prepping for all those games that you're going to be playing in in friendly territory uh for us it's it's just nicer to for the changes right we can our for our matchups and and especially now like with our new lineup we're we're still working working some kinks out and so for us to be able to have the last change that that makes a big difference for us we can then we can put guys out there and not expose them to say put our young kids out and have them go against the line of 20 year olds right it gives us that opportunity to 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 tweak tweak the lines a bit 
Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, the coaches segment. We thank assistant coach Scott Dutark for joining us. Scotty, uh, safe travels. I know Saskatoon is probably a friends and family type place for you, so looking forward to catching up with a few people tomorrow, I'd imagine. Eh? I'm, I'm more concerned about getting two points. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Broncos This Week podcast. We're going to chat with DJ Jerome in just a moment. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, one of the new faces in the Swift Current Bronco lineup. Uh, DJ Jerome, overager with the Broncos, joining us for his first podcast appearance here. Uh, thanks for making time for joining us today, DJ. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's awesome having you here, I guess. Uh, first impressions of Swift Current, it's not always this cold, but, uh, you know, a, a whirlwind week for you, I bet, man. Yeah, definitely a crazy week. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in this league, no matter who you are or what, where you're at. So, yeah, it was definitely a wild week for me. I'm sure you kind of took your time to, to kind of process what you wanted to do once uh, Lethbridge made that trade for Brett Davis. But at the end of the day, was there maybe one thing that kind of pushed you over the edge and realizing that this is where you wanted to finish off your uh, junior hockey career? Yeah, obviously playing the WHL is pretty cool and it's not easy. And uh, you know what, I've done it for the four years already and I figured uh, – you know what, I kind of want to finish it out, and uh, I got the opportunity to here, so I was going to take it. Yeah, looking back, and uh, I didn't even realize this, but yeah, you started your career way back with Red Deer. Uh, how did that happen? I know that you were you were passed over in the Bantam draft, but uh, you must have found a way to make uh, a good impression with uh, with the Sutter crew there, eh? Yeah, I uh, didn't get drafted. Uh, I got called up to Red Deer, the camp, the same year. Um, got listed and signed about the same day. I was pretty small my draft year. I was, I think, I was like five three or something. It was pretty, pretty small, barely over a hundred. You had a good season though. I mean, thirty nine points in thirty three games in your bantam year. I mean, were you surprised at all that you didn't get drafted, or were you kind of thinking I'm probably not going to get picked? Yeah, I was talking to a couple teams. Obviously, you get those phone calls before, but uh, nothing happened. And at the time, it didn't really matter to me. I kind of just wanted to keep going, so it wasn't too bad. So what did you do? I mean, obviously, you went into the camp and you did something to make an impression because, as you mentioned, you, you showed up, you were at camp, and you got that uh, that SPA right away, eh? Yeah, obviously, like you were saying, out of Bantam there, I had a lot of confidence coming out of that year. So uh, I came to that camp pretty uh, pretty happy and you know just ready to go and uh I just remember it being a really good count for me, and I just kind of dialed it in. One year of minor midget, and then one year of major midget uh, in your hometown of Lethbridge before making that jump to the WHL. You said you were 5'3 after your draft year. How much did you grow over those two years of playing midget? I think I grew about seven or eight inches just over the girth of a summer. So uh, that made the legs a little weird. <laughs> I had a little bit of a little bit of an odd year kind of during that age. So you made the adjustment and, uh, you know, the first few games of your WHL career, an instant impact as well. I think you were looking at the numbers, Bosch, and, uh, yeah, you know, uh, four goals, first four games kind of burst onto the scene, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was playing with some good players uh, so that gave me pretty good opportunity to start there. And, uh, you know, it was working well, so. I mean, how much confidence does a start like that give you? I know you've now become a prolific scorer, but bursting onto the scene with four goals in your first four games, playing against guys you know three years older than you, must have been kind of a kind of a surreal moment, I would think. Yeah, and I think a big thing of that was just confidence, kind of coming out of a league I did really good in, and uh, not really thinking about who's older and whatnot. I just kind of remember just going out and playing and whatever. Well, and you, you made a good impression not just on Red Deer, but folks around the league because PA obviously rolled the dice on you and acquiring you uh, early in your, your Western Hockey League career. You know, what do you remember about uh, about going to the Raiders early on there? Yeah, I remember um, I got traded for Glover there, the overage forward. It was a pretty good trade for Red Deer, and I remember talking to Sutter about it, and he just it was a good trade for them, so it made sense. And 
yeah, I got to PA and uh, got a little bit of an opportunity to start there and then wasn't the great rest of the year. And it kind of continued in the next year. It was a little bit rough. It's the change of scenery, though, must have helped you out, though, going to Victoria. I know that you uh, you managed to put up a few points there, and uh, just playing in Victoria must have been nice getting out of the prairie winters for uh, for a few months, too, eh? Yeah, absolutely polar opposites there. Yeah. Um, Victoria is quite the place to play. Uh, besides hockey, you got to go fishing and everything, so obviously <laughs> it makes it just way easier. Now, I know when you first went to Victoria, it was the 17-18 year, and didn't have that offensive success immediately, but was there something that changed over the summer? Because, I mean, you went from one assist the previous year to 23 goals and 42 points last season. Yeah. Um, you know, during that uh, period of my 18-year-old year, I was kind of back and forth, battle a little bit with coaches, which happens from time to time, and, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't play pretty much at all. And that was kind of the thing. And then I went had a good summer, didn't really worry about hockey, just kind of trained. And, uh, you know, when I came out hot, and it was pretty good, yeah. How much of a, a mental toll can that take on the guy? I mean, when you go, you know, a guy who's been scoring for all of his minor hockey career, you go to the Western League and you, you don't get a goal for the whole season. So in that summer, like you said, you kind of forgot about hockey a bit. But during the season, I would imagine it kind of weighs on you a little bit. Yeah, it can definitely eat up if you think about it too much. That's why it's good to, you know, if family can be around there or something, it's pretty nice to have. So, yeah, it's... It's definitely going to be tough. Well, and you certainly had family nearby with your next move in your career. Uh, it, it must have been pretty cool to, to get that conversation that you were going to be going home to play in Lethbridge for uh, for your 20-year-old season, eh? Yeah, I remember sitting at work and I got the call. And I just immediately called my dad and he just goes, no effing. <laughs> 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 and uh, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And to play, uh, I mean, am, I th- am I right in thinking that growing up, you kind of thought, man, one day I want to play for the Hurricanes? Yeah, every kid in Lethbridge probably thinks the same thing. <laughs> so you get that chance and to put that jersey on for the first time as you probably dreamed about it for years and years kind of a, a cool moment to pull it on for the first time and get ready for probably a preseason game I'm guessing yeah yeah definitely it was a cool feeling what was it like uh, what's it like playing in Lethbridge especially being the hometown kid because one thing about Lethbridge sports fans is they're they're passionate yeah. and they're knowledgeable fans as well and I would think you know at times maybe it's a tough fan base to please you know was was the added pressure playing in front of a tough crowd being the local kid uh maybe the first couple games like the preseason games there was a little bit of a little bit of too much thinking out there but uh kind of when the regular season scam i kind of just i kind of zone out of there you don't even really realize it till after the game or in between periods so no it wasn't too bad for me and you get it. i mean you put up 28 points in the 40 games you were there so obviously you were a regular contributor i know you had the highlight reel goal against swift current earlier this season so you were given a big role uh, with that team over the first half of the season and was it just a matter of that confidence kind of building up to where you've had it before yeah, definitely, and uh, just playing time and uh, consistency was starting to get there a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's a big thing for me. With that move that Lethbridge made at the deadline when they uh, when they went and they acquired another 20-year-old from, from Red Deer, at that point, did you kind of see writing on the wall or were there conversations leading up to that, or what was that like from your perspective? You know what? Uh, Lethbridge is a great organization. All those guys are really great, Pete, Kiss. Um, but it was, it was a little bit out of the blue didn't really didn't really totally see it coming i thought maybe something might happen a trade or something but i didn't really see that happening so that that was definitely a little bit of a yeah i don't know <laughs> but knowing that there was obviously going to be teams interested in you i mean i'm sure it was maybe some of the most enjoyable time you've had playing at home but knowing that there was teams lining up to want to get you kind of nice to know that you're kind of a you know a wanted commodity in the in the hockey community as well yeah no for sure if something like that happens it's good it's good to get those calls and kind of read those texts from everybody and everybody you know and it's pretty cool to be wanted like that so then you 
you know, you kind of just got to keep going too, even though it sucks for a while. But three games now into your Broncos career, you got the first one in Lethbridge against your former team. I know the end score was kind of a tough one for the Broncos, a 7-2 final. But to be able to step on that ice right away, I saw you talking to some of the guys after the game. Kind of just nice to maybe get that one out of the way, so to speak. Yeah, you know, it probably wasn't ideal to play them the first game. It was definitely <laughs> a little weird. Um, I think it was weird for them too. I was kind of talking to them. And, uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't have wanted to play them again. That. <laughs> that was odd. And then the next night or the next afternoon, I should say, in Calgary, uh, another 3-1 loss, a closer game, though, and you had that penalty shot in the second period as well. Uh, did you kind of know what you wanted to do heading into that penalty shot? I've been on – I've played these guys so many times already, and I've had a couple breakaways and some shot shootouts on these guys, and they know exactly the move I usually do. <laughs> so I kind of came in, and then I didn't – I was going to do it, and then I hesitated last second and just barreled into him. <laughs> so you finally had the chance to make your home debut last night. Uh, you know, you scored your first goal as a member of the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, you know, what's that like, you know, scoring that first goal as a, as a new member of the organization? Yeah, I think it's good to get it early, just to get out of the way so it doesn't become a thing. Yeah. And the guys, uh, it was a close game yesterday. I know it's a tough loss having that two-goal lead heading to the third, but you can kind of see Calgary building, you know, what kind of team they are and kind of the way they just kind of took over in that third period, really. I would imagine the the message on the bench was kind of just, let's just hold on as best we can here. Yeah, they came out hot in the third. Probably in our zone for about 15 minutes out of that period, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're pretty relentless. Now, I know you played a ton. You're going to play a ton every single game for the rest of the way here. And obviously, being a 20-year-old, over 200 games in the league, you're going to be looked at as a leader for this team as well. And, and you're fine with that role. I mean, that's something that you kind of embrace as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's kind of how it was in Lethbridge, too. So, yeah, it's going to be even a little bit stronger here. You know, with that, uh, what kind of conversations have you had early with the coaching staff here about, you know, what they're, what they're expecting out of you? Yeah, just kind of, you know, it's a young group, a lot of new guys, a lot of guys that haven't played in the league before. And I remember what it was like, too. It's It can be real tough, especially if you're far away from home and your parents. So he he and me just sat down and we just talked about kind of, you know, taking those guys under your wing a little bit. And when you're talking to these kids, I mean, obviously you can talk to them during practice, you can talk to them on the bench during games as well. So when you're talking to these young forwards or even these young defensemen, you know, what are some of the things you're trying to tell them and maybe teach them over the rest of the year here, you think? Yeah, obviously from time to time you got to kind of step your foot down and let them know what's up. But I think most of the time... I think they just want to see you smile like me or Jack mm -hmm. smile. And I think it makes it a lot easier rather than a bunch of negativity in the room when we kind of know where we're at. What are you hoping to get from, you know, this experience here in Swift Currents? I mean, it's going to be a, a tough road to get into a playoff position here. You, you, what are what are some of your goals coming here? And, and what was, you know, part of the decision-making process to come here? Because as Bosch said, you did have a few other offers. Yeah. Uh, my... Uh, my decision was based on a lot of just kind of like finishing out my dub career and then you know this is closest to home kind of thing and I talked to Dean and I kind of liked what he was saying and stuff and my agents like good buddies with him so it was kind of like the number one choice from the beginning and uh yeah like just the way he kind of talked to me about what it was going to happen what the role was going to be like how the team is and kind of thing I was I was pretty into it so and you're, you're getting a chance here because I think you know looking at your numbers in other places you were maybe buried in lineups and everything I mean it's got to be nice to come here and really be you know one of the guys eh? yeah no for sure
And now I know you talked or touched on um, how the rookies are hoping to just kind of see you older guys enjoy things. And speaking of those older guys, I mean, you, Oster, and Koleski were all free agent pickups by this team. So the leadership group is also kind of a, a trio of guys who, again, maybe buried in other teams and now get a chance to perform here. So tell me about the relationship you've got with, you know, Koleski and Oster. I know it's only been about a week or so, but, um, you know, the conversations maybe you've had with uh, those two guys. Yeah, I played against Jack since I was like... 12 because <laughs> he played on Lloyd there so I always remembered him when I was younger and he was on Seattle and whatnot and uh, I remember Ozzy from Med Hat in his early years too so you, know, you always know everybody pretty much so it's pretty easy kind of to get close with them when, when you look at uh, the amount of young guys that are on this team I mean obviously you'll be moving on next season but when you see the young guys and the kind of skill that some of these guys have I mean what do you think the the future might look like for this team maybe a year or two down the road yeah I think it, they could be pretty deadly um, they got a lot of young talent and uh, a lot of balls on those kids so <laughs> I think they're going to do pretty good in a couple of years yeah you know first we kind of touched on this a little bit beforehand you know first impressions of swift currents I can't imagine you've had a chance to go out and be real social but with it being minus 40 and whatnot but uh, you know c- coming to swift what did you know about the city beforehand and what are kind of some of the things that uh, that you've been doing since you got here hey, you know what I didn't know too much um, I obviously I played in PA and I kind of heard it was sim- a little bit similar and uh yeah, you know, I kind of just been settling in, um, hanging out with the guys, going for lunch and stuff. Just, you know, it's kind of good to just get away from the rink and talk instead of always being at the rink. But, uh, yeah, bowling a little bit too. So. <laughs> Frontier bowling lanes, nice. <laughs> uh, what, and, and speaking of hanging with the guys outside of the rink, I mean, it's not a bustling city like uh, Vancouver or anything like that. But, I mean, what sorts of things are you guys doing to maybe keep yourselves entertained during your off time? Um, I think they were talking about doing some ice fishing. Oh, yeah. Which would be pretty cool. So I'd be into that. Uh, you know, just movies or just getting to someone's house and watching The Bachelor or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ice fishing's big here. And if you go to, like, the landing up north, the big one there is, like, burbot. Oh, is it? If you That's catch fun. a burbot, yeah. They're, uh, they're, I think they're best deep fried. That's mm. what I heard from people who do that. But, yeah. Well, look look for you on the Sask Burb Slayers <laughs> Facebook group before too long here. Really get into that. But, uh, you know, Swift Current, it also kind of has that uh, – people have described it as kind of a Friday night lights type deal where, you know, you guys are the big thing in town yeah. here. Like, is that something you're kind of looking forward to? Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. Um, it was a little bit like that just because I was hometown in Lethbridge. And uh, it's really going to be like that just because how small it is. And, like, that's kind of the hot commodity here. And uh, everyone kind of – from what I've known and what I've heard, uh, everyone gets pretty excited for the Broncos game. So obviously that's pretty cool and that makes you play a little bit harder every night, to be honest. Mention that you played over 200 games in your WHL career, uh, you know, should finish with about 240 or so when this season wraps up. So looking back on your career, I mean, what do you think are some of maybe the more memorable moments that you've had over the last three and a half, four years? I'll definitely remember my first game. Um, I think I had three or, three or four points or something that game. <laughs> and I uh, just... Yeah, I remember coming upstairs in Rogers Place, and it was for, like the second game ever there, and for a dub team, and it was. I remember they messed up the jumbotron, so there's eighteen thousand people there for warm-ups, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I remember going up and seeing my parents after, and like my mom was crying. And stuff, and <laughs> I didn't really understand it yet. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and you started. I know you started the championship year, or with uh, the Prince Out Raiders, I guess. So maybe your uh, games against Swift Current that year, you must have known kind of what they were all about in that seventeen eighteen season as well. Yeah, yeah, they were good. <laughs> Real good. Um, Steenbergen and stuff was there, eh? Yeah. There was yep. Nepo, Niemi. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, it's been awesome having you here. I know that uh, you guys are on the road this weekend against Saskatoon. Uh, the Swift Current Broncos, I haven't even seen Saskatoon this year. You have a chance to, to see them in Lethbridge, and, uh, and what do you know about them and what they bring to the table? You know, they're a pretty good team. I think if we kind of play like we did in the first period against the Hitmen, that we could have a real good chance here. Um, I know a lot of know a lot of guys on that team and stuff and kind of know how they play in their system. So, yeah, I think we're, we're going to have a good game. Mentioned about playing the way you did in the first 20 or 40 minutes against Calgary. That's part of the message this coaching staff has been trying to preach a lot is playing that full 60 minutes. And it's not always easy, as we saw Wednesday against Calgary. So as one of the older guys who's been around and seen a lot, is that kind of one of the messages you're also preaching to these young guys is that, hey, you can play really good for even 50 or 55 minutes, but there's a small stretch that can cost you a game. Yeah, obviously you're not going to play an amazing 60 minutes every game, but there comes a certain point, like last game, like we just got to find a way. Obviously you got to get that puck out or you got to block that shot. And if we did, we would have won. So I think if we can figure that out Friday, uh, we're going to take the win. Big weekend coming up, home and home against the Saskatoon Blades. DJ Jerome, we thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on Broncos This Week, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. That is pretty much the show this week. Big thanks to DJ Jerome and Scott Dutart for their time after practice on Thursday. Broncos in Saskatoon Friday night at home to Saskatoon on Saturday and a bit of a special one here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. Yeah, exactly. The Bronco organization along with our partners Living Sky Casino and Sega uh, doing some stuff with the Children's Wish Foundation. The Children's Wish Foundation granting heartfelt wishes to more than 27,000 children and their families uh, each year. So they've been a big part of things, you know, not just locally, not just provincially, but, uh, but nationwide for a long time. And it's going to be great to have them here there's going to be children's wish volunteers at the door seeking donations so if you're able to help out they'll have a, a table in the lobby with different giveaways and merchandise uh, some children's wish supported families will be in attendance as well so it's going to be a special night this saturday night when the swift current broncos take on the saskatoon blades game number two of that home and home series yeah just extra incentive to come down to the rink uh, of course uh, broncos hoping to pick up a victory and uh, pick up their 10th win of the season this weekend and uh, the rivalry between saskatoon and swift current may not be as big in the future as it used to be but there's always that regional rivalry and the Broncos are hoping to pick up a couple of wins against the Blades this weekend. Yeah for sure it should be a fun weekend both on the road tomorrow night you'll have Living Sky Casino Swift Current Broncos Hockey beginning with that pregame show at 630 and then back at home uh, call the stable for ticket info at uh, 306-773-1509 and you can also go online to scbroncos.com. All right that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Nice talking to Scott Dutart about uh, the team's efforts in that home-and-home against Calgary and looking forward to this weekend in Saskatoon. That'll do it. Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.